Hey, hey, welcome to Cashville. This is No Ties 1879, a podcast where two Fijian folks talk about their experiences growing up in a white Canadian suburb and raise awareness about the indentured labor system. My name is Angeline. And my name is Ash. And before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional territory of the Tuasan and Honkominam speaking people who have been stewards of this land since time immemorial. I would like to offer my respect to all the elders who have gone before us and to the elders and First Nation people who are with us today. I would also like to say thank you for not running us off your land as you have total right to do so. And I'd like to say I would help you do that. <laughs> I love the, the Need different... Need a statue toppled over? I'm, I'm there, uh, man. Yeah, <laughs> I love the different ad-libs every, every week, right? It's like another, like just like another method of activism or like whatever the hell, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Happy Fiji day, everyone. Yes. It is Fiji day or independence day rather. Um, October 10th marks Fijian independence day guys. And so uh, we are recording this on Sunday, October 10th. Uh, 51 years of independence. Um, we had a really, really awesome day today, which we'll get into in two seconds. Um, but I just want to give a quick little, you know, quick history, quick super Coles notes um, that Fiji was officially granted independence on October 10th, 1970, guys. That's 51 years ago. That's not that long ago. Nope. <laughs> um, so after 96 years of British colonial rule um, and on the same day, in 1874, October 10th, 1874, the deed of session was signed by uh, King Seru Dakambao to commence British rule in Fiji. So both the session of control and independence is celebrated amongst Fijians. Um, and so October 10th is a really significant date in the country's history and is commemorated every year with a week of festivities, celebrations. Almost every town and city um, in on the island organizes its own events in honor of the occasion, um, which include military parades, speeches, performance, street parties, like food, the works, right? So uh, this is not necessarily something that we have consistently recognized or celebrated here in Canada, but us being who we are, are going to start starting today. So we had a really good day today, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We met up with some pretty cool people, like-minded creatives. Uh, I think they were pretty special. I, so I, the whole experience special. was very special because um, we all have found each other through, or it seems, I don't know the story with uh, the rest of the gang, but as far as us and them, we mm. have found each other through our respective creative work that we've been doing regarding the same areas like yeah. we've been doing the same things independently and uh lo and behold like fruits of our labor here we are like right? like we're meeting and we're meeting people from our community and we're connecting and we're gonna be sharing ideas and like shining a light on you know people like us in the community young people who have stuff to offer yeah right and yeah. you know uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be really putting our community Indo-Fijians on the map Yeah, in the f near future here. Yeah. And really spotlighting like us and our culture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and ensuring that people know that there's a difference, right? Like we are, we are our own 
culture. Fijians have their own culture. Yes, there is Indian ancestry, but we've got our own stuff. And it's unique and it's important. The story is important. And so, you know, that's why we started this podcast. And now we've been able to connect with all these other folks, which is super, super incredible. Mm -hmm. So quick shout outs to everyone because we know you're listening. Shout out to Rizwan Abbas, who is our resident Fijian archaeologist. Yeah, right? a legitimate what? archaeologist. Yeah. Sick. Like, just the fucking coolest. Okay. Arif Ali, a.k.a. Elite, which uh, I fucked up on our reel, so I'm correcting it now. It's pronounced like Elite, guys. Um, Elite with an A. Uh, who is a hip-hop artist who has been a hip-hop artist in the game in the Lower Mainland for, like, a really, really long fucking time. And, like, we're gonna, like, we're gonna connect and we're gonna highlight that shit. So I'm really stoked for that. Um, also a podcaster, also a creative in many other ways. Um, I think we should actually, we'll actually post a, um, his poem, I think, because he he wrote a poem for the for the um, for the exhibit, and it's yeah. really fucking amazing. So we're gonna link to that. Sheetal Naikar, who is a female metalsmith, so I want to say like the one of very few Fijian female metalsmiths in the game, uh, and she's made or been a part of making slash creating a lot of the stuff that's on my body right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, their bracelet yeah. that you got for your birthday earlier yeah, this year yeah. from all of us. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Pretty, it's pretty uh, gnar. Yeah. Yeah. And just to like, like clarify the level of skill and yeah. craftsmanship here, like, like I'm a welder, so I'm like very familiar ah, with yes. like metal and stuff like that. And in high school, I took metal art as well as metal uh, fabrication, right? So in metal art, we learned how to make jewelry and bullshit, right? Necklaces, right. Da, 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 I remember. Rings. Oh my god, it's all coming yeah, back to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, probably totally. took the same class, right? I just you remember you, but I remember you like coming home with stuff. Like I remember seeing yeah. stuff that you made. So yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is very difficult work. It's very hard to make jewelry. Like I can't do. Yeah. Like uh, I don't like. I just want to like reiterate like this isn't she ain't no slouch here yeah. <laughs> right all right like yeah Home like, girl means this business, is like some okay? serious artistry like yes. so go check out her work yeah man. we're gonna link to everybody guys because yeah. you all need to know who they are yeah i was actually really like impressed by that yeah like you know just for me being in the trades and like metal person yeah. to metal person right it's just yeah. like dude that's gangster totally. yeah. yeah yeah the artistry side of metal working is very very difficult so i very i appreciate that especially when you're working with precious metals man it's yeah. not fucking easy yeah very yeah so that's actually really cool perspective sorry yeah that yeah. is a highly skilled thing she's doing Kick I ass. think so anyways. I mean, Kick a lot ass. of people like go look at her work, see for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Kick ass, guys. I fucking love it. I'm here for it. Um, next up, um, Pravina, a.k.a. Pepper Prasad from Bula Fiji Musti, who is, um, or Bula Fiji Musti is our local radio station uh, for Fijians, I guess. Um, and so we haven't necessarily been, you know, on it in terms of listening to it all the time, but we're definitely familiar with it. Mom and dad listen to it sometimes. And it's definitely like a, a household name in a lot of Fijian households. If you know, you know. So this is kind of like a big deal for us. Uh, and her husband, Tat, was also there, who is a very sweet human being. 
Um, and then last, but certainly not least, Sandhya Prasad, who is a remarkable community organizer who is super, super invested in just bringing together the community and bringing together like-minded folks to um, essentially pass the baton, it sounds like. You know, she really wants to um, get youth involved, the younger community involved in stuff that we're doing and also just like revamping it and making it more modern and, and appealing to the masses about, you know, not just about like partying and having fun. Um, but, um, there's a large focus on mental health awareness, Mm -hmm. like huge focus on mental health awareness. And, you know, that is really where you come in, I think mostly. So we created so many cool connections today, guys. And I can just see like synergy everywhere. And I love it. And it's it's so fulfilling. Like I just really feel like my heart is so full because, you know, a few months ago we like didn't know who these people were. And if we didn't start doing what we started doing, we probably never would have known them. No. Yeah. No. And we haven't really been like a part of, let's say, our fellowship. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. we have never really growing up have been a part of right like we live in Ladner and then everybody else who is like us live further away and we've had some Fijian people in Ladner community but like not ones who want to like live and breathe Fiji and like talk about it yeah and- like the ones who are like I don't know it's difficult to try and articulate what I'm trying to say here like the like-minded individuals like you know like we were so isolated where we were where we are where we were then where we still are now like um from the rest of the Fijian community and like you know we weren't we didn't really like uh go to a lot of the same things and meet uh other uh young Fijian uh kids and stuff like that so like we never really grew up with anybody around right like I mean, uh, how many, I mean, for me, how many Indian, how many brown friends did I really have? I had none, you know, I had none. I had no brown friends. I had no Fijian friends. I had the closest thing I had was Filipino friends and Mm -hmm. uh, Chinese friends. Right. And I believe that was, I'm just running and, you know. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I mean, really, like realistically. And then like my half brown, half white friend, yeah. and, you know, like, you, but nobody who was visibly from Fiji, That's who, like, you thing, know what I right? mean, right? Like, where like, are the dark skins <clears throat> at? Not over yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, right. So to be amongst uh, people like that today and be like, oh, man, like, you know, like. It was really cool, right? Yeah, it was so fucking cool. cool. So fucking cool. And also just to like maybe like get that feedback, like just being real, like getting that feedback, like the props (laughs) from everyone and everyone just saying all these nice things about us was like, oh my God, thank you so much, right? Like you just kind of like, again, like heart's just so full because I feel like I'm accomplishing what I set out to do and it just feels really fucking kick-ass yeah absolutely yeah a hundred percent it's coming full circle yeah it's the beginning part is about to lead to another part Mm -hmm. into our journey I suppose like you know we've met the people so now it's like let's build up the community right yeah more people bring more people to the table Yeah, which is what we want. We just want to uplift each other, guys, and Mm -hmm. empower each other. We don't want to, you know, and I quote, haterade 
We don't want to ha- get our hater. <laughs> that word on. was mentioned a lot today. Yeah, because it's totally a thing, isn't it? We've talked about it before in previous episodes where we're like, what's this deal with like constant judgment and all yeah, of this stuff within our community? Toxic. Yeah, like just fucking be nice to each other and uplift each other and empower each other to <laughs> to be the best that they can be. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, it's interesting just as a little side note before we move on from this, um, you know, growing up, people always used to tell me like, oh, like, you know, brown people are so rich, blah, blah, blah. Chinese people are so rich, blah, 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 da, 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 da. And, you know, these are white people telling me this, right? Because they're mad that people are more successful than them and that don't or look Or even like, as successful, right? Yeah. Like, who are you to be yeah. as successful as me? All it really was was a bunch of white people complaining about people who didn't look like them, who were more successful than them. Yeah, oh, fuck. Look at these fucking Hindus with their fucking 30, 30 people Hindu fucking mansions. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they're calling East Indians Hindus and they don't even fucking know what they're talking about, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And they're saying this to an actual Hindu and I'm sitting here going, I want to fucking hit you in the head yeah. with a... With a yeah. I don't know, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> um, you know, the reason why I feel like those communities are so successful is because they do business with their own fucking yes. communities. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I saw this thing today on Instagram and it was on one of those stupid business mentor, billionaire motivation, sure, sure, blah, blah, sure. blah. Anyways, it said, Elon Musk says that instead, like, just like wedding showers, you should have a business shower. Yes. Right? Oh my like God. a small business. You open up a small business. I open, like the community comes together. You have a business shower and then you shower this person with resources like to help yeah. their business thrive. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I feel like those other communities have thrived because of that same sort of mentality. And I don't know what it is with our community, but it's always been like shitting on the other guy or like. Yeah. You know, we, we, we were, t- <laughs> me and Elite were touching on something today about my past. And like, it, I was just like, you know, like, this is the direction I wanted to go. And I said that this is what I wanted to do. And I was told to, yeah, you know, stay in my fucking lane. And mm-hmm. I was brought down right to, you know, it was like the whole Grant Cardone saying, who are you to try and touch the sun? Fuck yeah. you, come here. Yes. You belong down here in the shit with the rest of us, right? So I feel like through the years, we've kind of done ourselves a disservice. We haven't really, you know, I've just, this is me. I know I've, again, I've never, I'm self-saying it. Like I've never been a part of the community, right? Like, so I don't really know. But from outside, I'm going to call myself an outsider in my own community right now. But from an outsider looking in, it just doesn't seem like, we're lifting each other up enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Like. Well, think about like whenever we would go to a puja or anything, it's like everyone's just talking about each other. Yes. Everyone's, absolutely. Every, and everyone's just looking at the other person, like judging the, you know, like, um, you know, uskasari and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? Like just bullshit like that. Like judging every fucking possible thing that they and can. The car rides home. Right. Yeah. Well, the fucking bullshit. Yeah. So toxic. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like the thing that you you said before about like the, you know, like the, the, the showers and the parties thing. Right. Like, you know, when I was in a relationship with an Indian person a person of Indian descent, like it was constant, the questions like when are you getting married, when this, when that, whatever. But like when I started my own small business, like I didn't, you know, like some people came through, yeah, to support, but it wasn't really like, 
Like there was one person in general or in specifically, not in general, specifically, there was this one person. I'll just shout her out. Lindsay, who is not a brown person. She's a white person who's married to a brown person. But she was just constantly, like her and her husband were constantly just gassing me up. And they're like, we're so proud of you. Like, oh my God, you're so impressive. All this shit you're doing. It's so like, we're so um, like proud of you. And I'm like, wow, like that feels really incredible. And I just didn't really get that much gassing up from like, my own people, you know? Yeah. And it was just so much work to even like talk, like bring myself to like talk about it with people because I just felt like I knew what the reaction was going to be. And if I went to them and was like, oh, I'm engaged, oh, I'm getting married, it would like, that would just be like the greatest thing in the world. And then I would get everything I want and all these gifts and whatever. Like, you know, you just know that that's how it would have been. And I was like, man, what's up with us? What's mm. up with brown people? Why are yeah. we like this? Why are we yeah, like this? I don't know. And, you know, not to like, like, yeah, we're like that too. And I know some people listening right now are probably like, fuck, man, you know, who are not, who are white are probably sitting there going, fuck, man, same my shit. aunt is so-and-so is like that. Yeah. And like, because, you know, same, uh, we were talking about my friend from work earlier mm-hmm. before we started recording. Uh, I believe his wife has a, a sewing business or something like that okay. but he told me pretty much the same thing he was just like yeah when we started or when she started the business which she's very successful in right now mm-hmm. he said like n- n- nobody gave a shit on on facebook when they did the the facebook stuff you yeah. know and it, he was just like oh like our our off strangers i was just like saying what i was going through at the time right i was just like we have strangers who and family who are pumping us up but like you know there's like our close family yeah. Who we don't really talk to, who ain't fucking. Yeah. I, I mean, whatever. You know, they but, don't exist, but. Yeah. But I would just say like for, for him, he was saying yeah. pretty much the same thing yeah, we're saying, yeah, right? Totally. Like people he didn't know were pumping him up, but it's like some family was. And then like people who say shit to your face, give you a thumbs up to your face, you know, we're yeah. saying other things, you know, yeah. we're not supportive. Yeah, exactly. I have, or like had rather probably at this point, like close friends when I first started, like I guess three-ish years ago now, who like literally didn't even like ask what, like how it was going and like, you know, like just, just nothing, like just like, like zero support. And like, you know, we, we say things like, you know, it doesn't cost any money to like share content and stuff like that. And like even shit like that. You know, yeah. like just like nothing. And I'm just like, what's the deal? Like, why are we like this? Like, it's like always those closest to you who like don't gas you up. And then the strangers who find you and they're like, oh my God, like I re- this really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to gas you up. Yeah. Super weird. Super weird, man. So yeah. anyways, I, so it's safe to say that we found our jihaji buys. Yeah. <laughs> found them. So and it will grow yes. as well. It's going to grow. It will grow. There is strength in numbers. Yeah. Yep. You're going to see us. We're coming out. Okay. So today, y'all, on to today's topic. Um, this episode is Gitamit Part 3. And we are going to be talking about jihajis or ships. Um, specifically the story of the Leonidas, which was the first boat that landed in Fiji on May 14th, 1879. Notice the the year. <laughs> uh, notice the year. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're going to get into, we're going to get into that. Um, we just want to maybe 
um, I don't know, ask people to maybe go listen to part one and two, just so you're not lost. I mean, it won't be the end of the world, but you know, if you want to follow along chronologically, um, listen to Gitmit part one and part two. Um, and then we'll also just provide a quick refresher of what Gitmit means um, in case you haven't listened or you forgot. So the word Gitmit comes from the word agreement. Um, agreement meaning the contract that indentured laborers were contracted into um, and they were Indians, right? So they didn't speak English um, and most of them were extremely illiterate as well. And so they couldn't say the word agreement. And so agreement turned into Girmit and then the laborers were referred to as Girmitia. So you're going to hear those words over and over again. And so that's why we just want to explain what those things mean. Um, so you're not confused. So over 33 years, beginning in 1879, all the way to 1916, there were 87 ships uh, taken to Fiji, um, mostly sailboats, but from 1905, they're actually steamships. Um, and I'll also actually just say that like <laughs> researching for this episode was interesting because we did it together and I don't know anything about boats and you know quite a bit about boats and there was I know some things. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, like quite a bit more than me. So like, this was really cool. And like, you know, when I said the steamships thing, you were like, oh, it's like really unsafe. And I'm like, I don't know. Is it? I have no idea. <laughs> like, well, I mean, you have as to opposed burn to sailboats. coal to boil the water, sure, to turn yeah. the cranks. It's just dangerous. It's how like the more- Titanic was. Like, if you remember sure. the movie, seeing how they were shoveling right. coal into the boilers, like that is not... A fucking fun job. Mm -hmm. It's the same as like a train engineer, right? The same sort of principle. Like you see the guy in the train engine and he's dirty and it's hot and it's backbreaking labor and it's nonstop as well. Nonstop. Yeah. If you don't shovel, the boat doesn't go. doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Fuck, eh? (laughs) Okay. Well, shit. And also these things were in their infancy, so they had a tendency to fucking explode. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So really good. Just highlighting the <laughs> just nature the, of the danger. Yeah. It's not. Which is important to know. It's really yeah. fucking important to know because yeah. this was like a really long distance, right? Yeah. Uh, so this was something that we kind of didn't really confirm, but we're pretty sure that it's 110 tons. Right. So we're we're pretty sure that the ship, the Leonidas or Leonidas, as it is commonly pronounced. um, However, you know, the Indians refer to it as Leonidas uh, was a hundred and ten ton ship. Um, We found other numbers like sixteen hundred tons, which seems like a lot. But a hundred and ten came up quite a few times. I found. okay, so. To corroborate the 110, I, I actually would really like some clarification on this. So if anybody actually does know anything about these schooners, like it was very difficult to find information mm-hmm. on these schooner ships from the 1800s. 1600 tons sounds like a lot. And I'm telling you, that's a lot of boat, especially for 1879. That's a lot of fucking boat, man. Mm-hmm. That is so mm-hmm. much boat. Like what is this boat made out of? Yeah. The hardest wood known to man? I guess Anyways, so. the yeah. 110 ton came up when I was looking at the history of the Leonidas, where it had been before. And I had found uh, records of it being in port in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, and it was listed as a 110 ton vessel. So okay. 
whether that was the same vessel or not, I'm, but I mean, it, I'm willing to 100% guess that it was the same vessel. Okay. Um, it was in the same area, same time, da, 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 doing the same shit. So, mm. same, okay. same, yeah. It, it was, I'm 99.9% okay. sure it was sure. the same vessel, but uh, yeah, 110 okay. tons came up. Okay. So, 110 tons carrying five Hundo Indians, y'all. Um, Indians or Girmitia. Um, they started off as Indians, you know, then became Girmitia. Um, So those words will also be used interchangeably, but there was five hundo of them. Um, the boat belonged to James Norse, who was one shipping contractors to the Fiji government, and they had already been operating in the Caribbean or um, more commonly known, unfortunately, as the West Indies, which I hate saying, but... yeah. That's a thing. Um, so they had already been operating for a few years in the Caribbean, transporting uh, Indians there. Um, so the boat leaves uh, Calcutta on January 28th, right? Um, and so the route in which it travels is an arm of the Ganges called the the Hugli River. <laughs> I really hope I'm saying that right. Um, but the Hugli River... Um, is an arm of the Ganges that provides access to Calcutta um, through West Bengal State um, and Northeastern India. Um, And then, yeah, so it provides access to those areas from the Bay of Bengal. And so January 28th, they leave, and three days into it, (laughs) three days in... Everybody gets sick. No. (laughs) So, yeah, so um, somebody got sick. um, Which we found allegedly was a crew member. Yeah, so... At first it got blamed on the coolies, but it was found to be one of the crewmen. Yeah, which which makes sense because didn't they just go over there and spread their disease, which we'll touch on later anyways? Yeah. Yeah, so um, someone got sick, and so they were sort of, you know, segregated to an area of the ship. Um, I believe we refer to that as the bow. Is yeah. that correct? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know a word. Um, I know a boat word. It um, was in the bulk section of the bow. So in the bow of the boat. Okay. You will have like kind of like a forward section that's just hollowed out space that's taking the waves, the forward waves, right? Okay. So like it, it's basically a void. Where if something were go to were to go wrong, water would go in there, mm. and there would be another hatch that would water would go out of. Oh, right? sure, okay. So, I guess they just jammed people in there to hang out. I don't uh, know. Like, yeah. I mean, I know what it looks like on a boat now, and it looks pretty. Like, you know, it's yeah. a dark, shitty space, right? It's not meant earlier, for people to go into. So, um, yeah. You also mentioned earlier that there's like no space on a, there's no extra space. There's no storage on a boat. Yo, sailboats. And there's already 500 people on it. Yeah. Okay. Sailboats. First of all, a sailboat, like weight is the enemy of a boat, man. So, Totes. sailboats, you know, you're powered by the wind, right? Yeah. You're going to go as fast as the water line is. And, it yeah. just, it, it just 500 people on a sailboat in 1879 going across the ocean for five, three months. Like I'm we just really want to hit home how dangerous and ridiculous <laughs> of an idea this is. Yeah. An absolute, I don't even know. You couldn't, e- these people were doing it for fucking free. 
Okay. <laughs> they were just getting on these things on a promise, a wing yeah. and a prayer. Bro, I sail all the time. Like, I'm telling you, this is a harebrained idea. All right. So we just really, this is a very uh, <laughs> uncomfortable situation there. And they're in a highly like volatile situation as well. Right. I mean, sailboat, ocean, 500 people do the math. Yeah. And it's also, you know, not to be specific, just in case it's not completely specific, um, 10,000 800 over 10,800k. That's the a long way between India to Fiji. Yeah. On that. So double the length of Canada. Shut it, up. Al- do- almost double the length of Canada, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe Canada is 6,000 kilometers across. So Sweet. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's how far they went. That's so gnar. On a sailboat that's in the ocean. So fucking gnar, man. Mm-hmm. So they get sick. So, you know, they were, they were segregated. Um, it was cholera. Um, yeah. and so actually, no, um, it was smallpox and then someone else got cholera. Right. Right. And then, so they were, were segregated elsewhere in the sail locker, yeah. which is exactly what it sounds like a locker yeah. with sails in it. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so, Everyone had to stay away from them. If anyone did get sick, they went to their respective segregation area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't laugh, but hey, it's the the uh, the humor is a way for us to deal with the morbidity of it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're, you're doing something this ridiculous. I can, I can only <laughs> laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, whose idea was this? And I'm spe- I'm just saying that strictly as a sailor. Okay, right? I'm not I'm yeah. not like I understand why they're doing this. Like the grass, the risk outweighed, or sorry, the, the benefit. Yeah, yeah, the reward outweighed the risk. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. I get it. I'm just as a sailor, this is dumb. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> But they did it over 87 times. So here we go. And that's just to Fiji, not to everywhere else. So I found this really interesting. Carbolic acid was used to clean the ship's deck and the areas during all of the sicknesses. So I guess it's great that they had it. However, I was like, what the fuck is this thing? Because it doesn't sound great. Okay. It does not sound Carbolic great. Carbolic acid. Yeah. It sounds insane. Okay. Isn't so it's- that in Coca Cola? <laughs> Probably. So it's also called phenol with an O. Okay. It is a very poisonous chemical substance made from tar, also found in some uh, plants. Um, so it's like a scented liquid taken from plants. Um, carbolic acid is used to make plastics, nylon, epoxy, medicines, and to kill germs. So it's it would make sense that it would be used to kill germs, but what about human health thereafter? You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. Um, Also, fun fact, quick little sidebar. When you and I were talking about this earlier, mom was around and she was like, oh, hey, like, you know, that soap bar that we have in Fiji, the one that we use. And like, if those of you listening will know. The gigantic thing? The the giant rectangle one. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because remember, I also told you that um, the, the, the Fijians didn't know what like soap was. They had their own version of it, mm-hmm. I'm sure, right? Um, but it was the British who brought, who introduced soap to the Indians. And then in Fiji, it was that bar. And it had 
carbolic acid in it. And she's like, oh, that word sounds familiar. Like it had carbolic in it. Like I know that that's what it had in it. Cause we just knew that that ingredient was in the soap. And I was like, fuck, oh. that's really good. Highly toxic shit. Yeah. And oh. and that same bar was, I, I haven't seen it recently, but I've, I've seen it here. Like Aji had it in her house and it was like used to launder, to launder stuff. Like that's yeah. what they would use it for. It was like to go wash their clothes at the river and shit like that. Yeah, they didn't use it on their bodies. Very I don't industrial think. looking bar. Like if you see it, yeah. you'd be like, what the hell <laughs> is that? It was this fucking, it was like a foot long, probably more bar. And it was like, you know, they would break it in yeah. pieces, but it's just so gnarly. You can use this as a weapon too if you wanted to, man. So I'm sick. not even kidding you, man. This <laughs> probably hit a home run with it. Mm-hmm. Seriously, we should try that. Yeah, <laughs> let's find one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that so probably would have had their own form of soap made out of like lye. You know what I mean? Native, native, yeah. like like decomposing like animal fats. bodies. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. sort of thing, Absolutely, right? So, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, they were. But they ain't have no brick soap. Yeah. <laughs> with carbolic acid. Yeah. Right. So moving on from the soap <laughs> and the opium and the rum. Oh, boy. And they were giving this stuff to kids, too, which is just fucked we actually up. No, we actually didn't mention the, the oh, right. opi- opium or the rum. Why so don't you? So the <laughs> laudamine. Right. So, I mean... The kids, when they were sick, they were dosed with castor oil, mm-hmm. uh, opium, which uh, if any of you have ever seen the movie Tombstone, uh, they're all the <laughs> Wyatt, Earp's, uh, Wyatt Earp's wife, Maddie, is always drinking that laudamine. Uh, that's what this is. They were Laudamine was a opium tincture, right? And it was just widely used as a medicine, but that shit was fucking right. horrible for you because, mm-hmm. you know, you had take that shit. If anybody's seen the movie... You saw what that shit did. And they gave that to kids. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I actually think they gave that to kids in a, as a preemptive measure, I yeah. believe. Yeah. So before they got sick, so they didn't get sick, yeah. they were dosed with the castor oil, the opium, the rum. Yeah, under yeah. the guise that it would kill whatever germs were in you beforehand, yeah. probably. Kind of like that, uh, the horse tranquilizer? Uh, What? <laughs> you know how like everyone's not everyone but some people are taking that horse tranquilizer to uh as a thing for covid i have not heard this one <laughs> uh what <laughs> oh my god yeah okay, wow well, well i'm not I mean, we won't get into it like too, too okay much, yeah wow i've no, i haven't heard that one but damn uh damn anyways <laughs> people are essentially taking this fucking horse, horse tranquilizer to to treat or um stop themselves from getting covid and like they're dying from it and overdosing how and is a horse tranquilizer who fucking knows okay i don't fucking they're know, probably but- <laughs> just they just probably need more ketamine because they're done snorting all their ketamine and probably have moved on to horse tranquilizer Joe Rogan did it i'm pretty sure Oh, wait a minute. Horse Ketamine is a horse tranquilizer. Yeah. What the hell? So they're just snorting ketamine? What a bunch of idiots. They're probably a bunch of fucking... Whatever. You know what? Do whatever you want. Please just fucking end the gene pool. I'm sick of this shit. Ivermectin, that thing. Ivermectin. Have you heard about this ivermectin thing? It's it's for animals. Oh, yeah. No, I've never... I am dumbfounded okay, right on, now. Hold on, sorry. I have to. I have to recant because I I said this incorrectly. It's an animal deworming drug. Holy shit! 
So they're giving themselves explosive diarrhea? I guess. It's 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 a horse dewormer and they're using it as a cure for COVID and whatever. And Have like, fun with that. Have fun with that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. (laughs) Fun little sidebar. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, the trend of taking weird drugs for things has not gone away. Uh, So kids were being, you know, dosed when they were sick. They were being dosed with castor oil, opium, rum. I'm sure some of you have had a tablespoon of rum when you were a kid from your dad. Guaranteed. I did. I did too. Yeah. Brandy. Uh, And they fed, you know, tapioca and arrowroot, which is a root vegetable, you know, for four four or five five days, days, you know. Um, To clean the systems. To clean the systems. Uh, So just going back to the actual trip, right? Like putting, putting yourself in one of their shoes right now. I don't know if they wore shoes, but whatever. Put yourself there right now. You know what I mean? You're like you've lived in a the Gangetic plane your entire life. You have this opportunity to get on a boat. You don't really know what a boat is. You've never been on the ocean. You don't know what the experience is gonna be like out there in the Kulapani. Right? You don't yeah. you have no fucking clue what to expect. And I'm gonna tell you, like, when you're sailing and you're hauling ass across the water, the boat is in such a way where you're leaned over right? Like that's right. just the nature of a sailboat. So like if these people had absolutely no idea what they were getting themselves into before. So like, you know, for those, and I'm going to say for everybody, I'm a hundred percent willing to bet that it was traumatic as fuck. All right. Yeah. Whether they had sailed before or not, like guaranteed that this voyage was probably the most traumatic thing well, the start of many traumatic things that they were about to go through, but there's no way this trip was easy, man. There's just no way. No way. No way. Just Um, the discomfort, like the the space, like that many people, like how can you be comfortable? 500 bodies on a ship, not really going to be super comfortable when you're hitting water, your body's pitching up and down, or when the boat is pitching up and down, right? Also, you got to think about this boat, the the bodies on the boat are another sort of motion. You know what I'm saying? Like the waves have their own motion. Okay. And they're making the boat do one thing. But now you got 500, the weight of 500 people on this boat. And all those bodies are moving and swaying. Every time the boat does something, 500 people are doing something else. Like it is not easy to make this boat even go in a fucking straight line. Like the nature of sailing and just seafaring back in those days was so difficult, man. Like it was so unbelievably difficult. See, this I is mean, why I'm really glad that you're explaining this because I would not have been able to like impress upon this point at all because I haven't done it. I don't fucking know. No. And I mean, I haven't really gone on very, very long sails. Like I've been on like date like I've been sailing in the area that we live in and like I've only really been exposed to that. I have not done an open ocean sail. My friend has done an open ocean sail. He sailed from Los Angeles to Hawaii and he spent nine straight days in the open ocean. Didn't see land for nine straight days hauling ass at thirty knots. Okay, on a modern sailboat. Just to that just is to reiterate like so stressful that to hear. nine straight days hauling ass on a modern sailboat going 30 knots. Okay. These people were probably, 
Okay, these people weren't going very fast on this yeah, on well, the Leonidas, all right? January like, to May. Yeah, that's a 10, long time. K. Right? So I mean, this was traumatic. It was physically discomfort, discomforting, crowded corridors, demoralizing, and buddy I don't get seasick. I have no idea what the hell that feels like. I, I only get seasick it's if terrible. I go in the boat when the boat's moving. I'd never do that anyways. Like you mean like underneath? Yeah, in yeah. the cabin when yeah. I get in. I will, but like I've never. But I'm willing to bet, man, some people are barfing 90% of the time. Yeah, absolutely. On the open ocean in a sailboat. I've never, you know, I'm a Gitter Yeah, I've never been on a sailboat before. I don't know what the fuck yeah, to expect. And now know. I'm getting seasick, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, uh, buddy, ain't nobody taking showers for five months. So, and they're shitting and pissing themselves. So yeah. it's going to stank. Yes. And uh, 19 people during that journey died. From various reasons, and yeah. I'm guessing some of those reasons were probably, you know, unsanitary conditions, yeah. starvation, dysentery, yeah. you know, Absolutely. right? Uh, so moving on from that, when, you know, there was a lot of people, whilst they were on the boat, like it didn't matter uh, who you were, the caste system became irrelevant. And I would assume that a lot of people leaving India at the time were probably escaping this caste system. Yeah, yeah. They were probably looking for a little bit more of a liberal lifestyle. Yeah. Where they could just like be free of it. Be free, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right? So, I mean, the caste system was irrelevant at that point and everybody was the same. Like, I mean, if you're all fucking getting up to go to work and do the same goddamn shit to get whipped by the same goddamn (laughs) master, like, bro, Uh, caste system don't exist out here no more, Yeah. right? I mean, you're waking up, they're eating at a.m. and generally men were responsible uh, for drawing water. Now, here's the thing I didn't really understand about this because if you're on a boat, (laughs) right? So when I go sailing with my buddy Chris, on his boat, the Resolute, we have to go grocery shopping. We get our food and we get our shit and we have to plan this out quite, quite well, right? Like otherwise, where are we going to get our stuff if we run out? And this includes the water. Mm-hmm. We have to fill up the water tank before we leave and we fill that thing right up. I actually can't, I, th- I believe it's 110 liters. I'm not 100% sure, but that's, you know, quite a bit of water. We went sailing for four days this summer we ran out of water after three and a half days and we rationed that shit like a motherfucker and we still, we couldn't figure it out. We're just like, how did we fucking run out of water? So, mm. right, like fresh, these people are out on the ocean. You can't drink salt water. So either they took their water with them before they left and how, by the way, are you going to fit 500 people's worth of water on a boat? For five months. For five months. Also, keep in mind, weight is the enemy of the boat. Right. So you want to make sure that you're not like, it's not pointless to run the boat. Right. Like if you have too much weight on the boat, you're not going anywhere. Right. You're not going anywhere or it's going to take you forever. And weight and time is kind of the enemy of the boat. So how they were drinking fresh water, I don't really know. If anybody has an answer to that, please let us know because Mm -hmm. I I tried to look up plans for these schooners and I really couldn't find anything until after the 1900s. So like, I don't really know how they were built before. So I don't think they had water tanks. I don't know if they did, but if they did, they filled up their fresh water beforehand. They definitely didn't have enough fresh water to last the entire trip. So they must've been either catching rainwater somehow Mm -hmm. or condensation, or they were taking seawater and boiling it. Right. Or they were going one step further 
And I don't know, maybe doing something even more disgusting, like reusing the urine, Hmm. right? Which in survival situations would happen. I don't, again, wasn't there. Don't fucking know. But Mm -hmm. how they were getting water, really would like to know. Yeah. Right. I mean, also, I think that just kind of speaks to like, just like this huge barrier. And I don't even know if barrier is the right word, because that's what we use today. But like, we're assuming that these individuals didn't have fresh drinking water for, you know, these few months. Yeah. And like, think about how much water we drink today and how much we need to like feel healthy and Mm -hmm. shitty and thirsty, like Mm -hmm. not a luxury they had. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, the men would be responsible for the water. Um, and women were responsible for cooking and there were bandharis who were responsible for cooking the meals and bandharis are folks who prepare food for large groups mm-hmm. uh there are some there was some aspect of maintaining high morale so they didn't lose their minds um people yeah. brought instruments and did puja and that information came from our mother uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did say that. <laughs> yeah, whilst well, they, we were, were researching, uh, uh, our mother was also giving us some side information as well. So, yeah, that also came from her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they were they were the the Gurmedias were encouraged to um, maintain some sort of like regularity in their lives. Um, and so, like the ones who like brought instruments, you know, they played their instruments. They also kept track of the dates. Um, on their voyage. And so when um, a certain time of puja would come up, they would do that puja yeah. as well as they could on the boat. Yeah. So that helped to ensure some sense of absolutely morale, safety. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, uh, just realizing something too, they would have been navigating through some crude maps, but also using a sextant and using the stars. Hindustani religion is very heavy on astrology. So even if they didn't know the date, they would have probably been able to look up at the sky and figure out what the hell is going on. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I'm just trying to make a connection. I'm assuming (laughs) that I like, I'm going to believe that it is (laughs) because we're cool like that. Yeah, we're super cool like that. Yeah. So it's May and they just get there at the island of Labuka, which is in between both main islands and is tough navigating through the shallow waters with the coral reef. So the captain, McLaughlin, that's all we know him by, Captain McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, made the call to chill. So, uh, you know, when you're arriving in a harbor in the middle of the night, you don't know, the, <laughs> you don't know what's underneath the water, right? There's right. a lot of coral around, uh, lots of ships. I was looking at photos of Labuka. And it seems like every photo has a sunken ship in it. One hundo. Yeah. So not an easy place to be coming in for a port of call. For um, sure. And Levuka is also like between the two main islands, Viti Levu and Vanua Levu. And like to get there is like, there's a ton, like hundreds of islands mm. to get through. So that's very interesting to me that, right. you know, that's where they chose to port because of just the, like difficulty having, yeah like yeah. just having to get there yeah 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 so the captain uh made the call to not go in to the harbor um you know it being the middle of the night being di- dangerous to navigate and traditionally in maritime law 
you need to uh, in well in modern times uh, you have what's called a harbor pilot, where you bring the boat to the port or close to the shoreline wherever you're going to, and the harbor pilot will come out to the boat, which is a local guy who you know brings all the boats from out to the shore to the port because he knows the lay of the land and he'll make sure your boat doesn't run aground. Right. Right. It's a major safety thing. It's just standard everywhere. So I, I don't know. This is probably before all that, right? So he just to say, like, this is an experienced guy. He made the right call, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to reiterate, too, that even though the captain and the crew of this ship were doing what they were doing, uh, their mission first and foremost is the safety of the boat and the crew and the cargo at all times. Like they, like as far as like when it comes to being a sailor, like it doesn't matter about politics or this and that or whatever. What matters is your fucking boat, the crew, keeping the crew, the passengers, and everybody safe. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I would like to believe that Captain McLaughlin always had that in mind, first and foremost, the safety of his vessel, mm. right? So when he made the call to chill, like that to me represents some very high seamanship. So uh, Colonial Secretary J.V. Thruston was able to get close enough to communicate and learn that there was a disease on the boat. And so he went to pass that message on to acting governor, George Bill, well, his name is William, but we're going to call him Bill. <laughs> George Bill Devo, because there was a measles epidemic a few years ago before on uh, the Fiji Islands. So this epidemic actually killed 40,000 indigenous Fijians out of 160,000. Just sit in that for a minute, all right? <laughs> and yeah. let's just assume that happened following the British arrival in 1875. And when they first showed up, like, what's, what's up? up? We're, we're here now. <laughs> like, what's up? Like, yeah. We're white. You're not. This is ours now. Yeah. <laughs> so the chief medical officer's name was Dr. William McGregor, who said that cholera was generally gone for most, for the most part, but cholera had just recently reappeared. So they were super hesitant about even allowing the Leonidas to port, but they allowed them safe harbor. Right. Right. They were they were considering turning them around because mm-hmm. the safety of a hundred thousand people on the Island was more important than 500 people who could potentially decimate sure. the population. Which right? is fair. Right. Yeah. Like I, I mom actually talks about like the, the smallpox in Fiji mm-hmm. and how like that was like a really big concern for even like when she was born and for her life there. Cause it was, like when that shit happened, like it was so fucking bad. Yeah. It was so bad. And like, I mean, I'm just going to sort of liken it to, you know, what happened here. Like there wasn't anything here. Like those sicknesses didn't exist here until the British showed up. And then all of the indigenous people of Canada got fucking sick. Right. So we're just going to put two and two together here, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're coming from places that have large condensation condensations of people and you're just, you know, throwing your chamber pot out onto the street where you're then going and walking 
You know, yeah. I'm assuming a couple of you motherfuckers are going to have some diseases in your yeah. lice infested hair and your yeah. lice infested pubes. <laughs> I actually didn't know that that's where the, that is where that term shit face comes from. Did you oh know that? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so like back in the day when like someone would get drunk at the bar or whatever, right? And they'd be like oh walking. Oh my goodness. They'd be walking down the street in the middle of the night or whatever. And then they would like, they would like when they would be tossing out their shit, yeah. they would yell and be like, oh, look out below or whatever the fuck. And then like the drunk people, because they were so drunk, yeah. they would just respond to the noise and look up and get a face full of shit. And that's what shit face, that's why wow. we say, oh, when we, I got shit faced, I was drunk. That's what that comes from apparently. That actually Don't makes at me less. if I'm wrong, but uh, like that's that, what I heard and I'm pretty sure it's right. Let's go with it. Yeah. Let's go with it. <laughs> Anyways, I mean- yeah. Who's really the savage and who's really dirty and filthy, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Y'all thought <laughs> if you had a shower, your skin would fall off. Fucking <laughs> Any, idiots. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. After the after the Leonidas was allowed safe harbor, it unfortunately it ran aground trying to get into that safe harbor. Um the coral reef is pretty pretty extreme in, in Fiji. And so it's, it's different as well uh, as my sister uh, told. Yeah. And it's uh, different. It's sharp. It's pretty yeah, insane. Apparently like it's, it's more robust, which I believe because in that area, you got the great barrier reef in Australia yeah. and stuff like that. So, and then also in this area, there's less activity in the ocean. So I, in areas like Mexico and shit like that, where you got more ships coming through all the time, like I'm pretty sure, you know, just the traffic has kind of wrecked, the water yeah, and kind of destroyed, yeah. you know, so I don't know. It seems like this is more of a hardy because mm -hmm. especially like, then when it was like so untouched and so yeah, undiscovered. Yeah. Because yeah. like I said, I went through it before we started this podcast today and I just kept seeing ship after ship after ship run aground <laughs> in Fiji. Like what the hell? Anyways. Very difficult place it's, to port a call. You know what it is? It's like, it's it's Mother Earth just saying like, fuck, fuck off. off. Don't come here. Yeah. Like, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the Leonidas got lucky. Uh, it did run aground. I'm assuming it ran slightly aground on some coral reef and got stuck because the tide uh, rose and was it was able to float itself out and they anchored in a safe spot. Um, now... It was super important that they ensured that the Leonidas occupants were quarantined. Uh, so a boat, uh, and I, I'm going to quote what I read, a heavily armed vessel was placed between the Leonidas and the island and armed guards on three support vessels, I read, were uh, yeah. always on duty. Okay, so the level of security involved in quarantine back then yeah y'all motherfuckers want to try and act like y'all rights are being infringed upon <laughs> right now man get out of here right seriously yeah. the next person who says this is like the fucking like the jews and shit yeah. like i i really hope that some jew slaps you across the face <laughs> like seriously and if you are a jew saying that like go fuck yourself man Jews aren't saying that. No, they're not saying no. that. But I'm just saying, if you just yeah. not, uh, <laughs> anyway. you're so lucky you even get to go to a Starbucks right now, and you're whining over. Uh, 
you just heard the word no and you're mad about it. That's it. Anyways. So a boat was put in place, armed guards. Nobody's fucking around here, right? Uh, armed guards were stationed to make sure nobody tried to escape. In one instance, however, Devo went to personally check up on the guards and their performance and making sure that everything was squared away when he was to discover a guard was asleep. That guard, and here again, seriousness of quarantine. Yeah. That guard who was not sick, who was asleep and probably, you know, fuck, ain't nobody trying to, ain't nobody trying to swim over from Leonidas in the middle of the fucking night, man. I'm sure homie was just fine taking a little bit of a nap, whatever. But he got fucking flogged, all right? So Devo ordered him to be flogged. So he yeah. got physically punished, literally physically punished. Yeah. He got beaten with yeah. a fucking stick, all right, yeah. for fucking up on his job. And yeah. he, he, he had nothing to do with being sick or anything. So I just want to reiterate that, man. Like, y'all, y'all, we're lucky right now. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm fine. All y'all white people are lucky right now. Y'all don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, they were serious yeah, about this. Yeah, right? they were really, really fucking serious. They were really, right. really fucking serious. So serious that they had to create a quarantine depot. Right? Yeah, tell or, us about or it. Or depot. I just said depot. That's <laughs> terrible. A quarantine depot um, on Yanuka Lailai, which is this island that, like a, a smaller island than Levuka, which is just, I mean, I want to say it's close by, but like it wasn't. It was. Uh, like 10 miles away. Um, but on Yanuka Laila, they created this quarantine depot, um, which the indigenous Fijians actually made, which I think is kind of cool and inspiring a little community here, but they they were the ones who weren't sick and they were there and they were the ones who could do it. And so they constructed um, these structures called bures, um, bures, uh, is the Fijian word for like a wood and straw hut, sort of similar to a cabin. Um, and it's like in its original sense, it's sort of a structure that's built from anything that is available, anything that comes to hand. Um, and, uh, the components are kind of stacked together, tied together by rope or a combination of both, um, you know, forest materials, all this stuff. And so, um, they built these bures for the girmitias to quarantine in. And then came the task of transporting the girmitias from the Leonidas to the quarters. So they actually brought in extra backup, um, that came to ensure that it all went smoothly and no one fucked around and tried to escape, yada, yada, yada. So rowboats were actually used over three days to transport all of them. Yeah. Across 10 miles. And, and, and I remember you, you mentioned, you mentioned this because I, again, these are things that you like from your perspective that I don't necessarily understand all the time, but like uh, it was 10 miles of ocean. Like it's not yeah. just like, you know, when we go to Pitching Victoria from and here. rolling ocean. Yeah. Right. Like fucking rowboats. And they, you know, they, each rowboat could only go like once a day because it was 10 miles of ocean. And so it took fucking over three days to transport all of them across to Yanuka Laila. Also, just to say that dude had to row from the island to the boat and then from the boat back. Right. Right. So yeah. just to, that's. Yeah. Ten. Would you say 10 kilometers? 10 miles. Yeah. One way. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. The dudes paddling those rowboats were fucking tired. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm and good. I'm sure. 
It was probably like all the Guillermo Diaz like putting in or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? So then uh, the governor kind of reinforced that it was all, it, there was a white guy who was patient zero on the boat. You know, it was. It was <laughs> <laughs> um, so quarantine lasted until August, right? So they get there in May. Um, and I also need to recant something again really, really quick. I keep on saying five months. It was four months, right? So January 26th, I believe I said, to May 14th is just under four months. So they get there in May. And then they had to stay in quarantine until August. So during this time of quarantine, 15 additional people died uh, from typhoid, dysentery. Um, and then after this, they were taken back to Levuka, where apparently planters were like, whatever. And when we say planters, guys, we're talking about like the, the plantation owners, right? Those are the people that we're talking about. So the, the plantation owners were like, whatever, we're not really interested in these Girmitias right now. And this could allegedly be um, because prior to the arrival of the Girmitias, commercial labor of the indigenous Fijians had been prohibited. Not entirely sure why, but it was maybe because the Fijians didn't really need the British, honestly. Um, you know, they were totally cool on their own. They were self-sufficient. Um, they, you know, mom describes them as like super like, right. Like they're Islanders. They're on Island time. They're super chill. They, you know, they live day to day. They, you know, they want something to eat. They go to the river and get Mm -hmm. it. They, you know, like get coconuts from trees. Like they're just chilling. They're just taking it easy. So like, they don't need like the British to come and do anything for them. Right. So, you know, they probably demanded that they get paid properly for their work, you know, and the government was probably like, yeah, no thanks. There's these brown people who will do it for nothing. So we're just going to go do that, right? It was probably over a money thing. Um, so um, all of the the Girmitias, um, the surviving ones from the Leonidas, they went to 15 different employers, uh, including planters and uh, public works, or s- more commonly known here, I would say, as like civil service uh, silver, civil service type jobs like the government house and they would be like, you know, like the house person at the government house, right? Like the cooking and cleaning and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, a big name to actually pay attention to is CSR or the Colonial Sugar Refinery. Which, <laughs> <It's> even, <laughs> just, why would you? It's even called yeah, that. Yeah, colo- yeah, just, yeah. Yep. Um, the CSR uh, eventually became FSC or the Fiji Sugar Corporation after another bad C word. Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> All C words are kind of bad, huh? <laughs> Is there a good C word out maybe there? Maybe that's like the evolution of like. <laughs> Like how racism has evolved, like, like maybe systemic, colonial yeah. is be just c- corporation it now. It like it's the same is. shit, right? Well, think about like municipal governments are referred to as like the corporation. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. What so, am I saying? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it just so rebranded itself. I get, there you go. Yeah, you right? couldn't write race into the law, so you changed it to yes, something yes. else. You couldn't write colonial shit into the yeah. <laughs> your name anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, yeah, so CSR became FSC or Fiji Sugar Corporation after independence in 1970. Side note, our Nana actually worked at FSC. Shout out to Lechmeya and everyone in Waihu. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was actually considered like, uh, like kind of like a, like a big deal at that time or like, you know, coveted that, 
you know, he he got to work there after independence, um, after Gittermit was way over by then. Um, and the generally the white people who were there, you know, the there was um, a, a couple or a family mom told us about who who operated the the Fiji Sugar Corporation, um, and they were they were okay, like they weren't assholes. I just thought that was like a cool a cool connection for us to, you know, like something that was like the CSR, which turned into the FSC that like our Nana worked at. So in total, oh, sorry, I should also just say Nana means grandpa. Grandfather. Yeah, grand, yeah. grandpa, We're grandfather, guys. you all know. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that is, uh, Nana is specifically um, our mom's dad. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a different word for dad's dad and dad's mom and- We'll get into all that stuff at another point if we have to. That's a whole other yeah. episode, man. <laughs> we'll need visual terms. representations yeah, for that it's a one. Whole tree. Oh um, my goodness. So in total, there was 241 men, 127 women, 49 children, and eight infants, all equaling 425 people who were split up amongst all of these different uh, employers, the 15 different employers. So you're probably thinking like 500, 425, what the fuck? So 34 died in total from the 500, right? So we have 19 on the Leonidas on the way to Fiji um, and then 15 during the quarantine. Um, but then some were also born as well along the way. And so it's really hard to track a proper number. The numbers really tend to get skewed because um, we have to account for those births and those deaths. Um, which we can't really account for, I guess. So 425 is um, the amount of people that were split amongst those employers. Um, and then, you know, at this point, the Gidmitias knew that their futures were like super uncertain. Like they had no idea what to expect when it came to their care, well-being, their financial situations. Um, then, then the expectations that were sold to them back in India when they agreed to this indenture, right? Um, and then you know, eventually like the tempers start to, to rise between the Girmitias and the overseers. Um, and in one documented incident, 10 Girmitias actually beat their overseer, overseer up, uh, for which they actually received jail time. Yeah. And this guy was warned to you first. <laughs> he was warned about his, uh, mistreatment and abuse towards the servants. Mm-hmm. And he kept doing it anyways. He was warned by the magistrate. Uh, I don't really know. Yeah. I guess his magistrate. boss or yeah. whatever. Yeah. He was warned and he fucking continued to do it anyway. So ain't no, they weren't taking shit yeah. this time around. Yeah. No taking shits over here. I mean, you know, that is like one documented incident. I'm sure there were so many other incidences where Girmitias were like, fuck you. I'm not fucking with this anymore. Actually. We have one. Yeah. Like mommy, actually our aunt told us about how our nani, so our grandma, told her about nani's mom, maybe? Mm. Mom or someone that nani's mom knew. So like, yeah. so someone um, that was our great grandparent, um, actually uh, one day when the overseer came on the horse with the whip into the sugarcane fields, to, you know, make sure that they were doing what they were doing and crack the whip, right? That is yeah. the origin of the word cracker, by the way, real quick, just throwing that what in there. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's, that's what that crap. means. Yeah. It's not even offensive then. No, it's not. 
That's like, I've, whatever. Well, those are All right. Like, I'm going to leave this blood pressure yeah. down for now. <laughs> you know what? Let's leave that down for now. Okay. I've been, uh, I'm like, my temp, just my shirt's wet now. Yeah. Oh, Careful because high blood pressure is, you know, Woo. one of our Fiji yeah, things, right? I'm at that age. I'm 35. <laughs> I'm coming up to the age where I've got to start worrying about that too. So the overseer comes to literally like come and whip them because that's what he did like all throughout the day. And she grabbed the whip. Like, I don't fucking know how, like Xena warrior princess in the air or whatever. I have fucking no idea. Grabbed the whip and pulled it and pulled him down off the fucking horse. Yeah. It would have been easy to pull somebody off a horse like that too. <laughs> it would have been your high center of gravity. I you're guess coming so, yeah. down and you're falling off a horse, bro. Uh, ask somebody who fallen off a horse how much it hurts. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, just some, just some like melanin queen energy for you there. Yeah. Hope you enjoy that. But that happened. Um, and so I'm sure there were things like that, but there was a lot of like, most of it was like the abuse that, you know, the, the Girmetias endured from the overseers, which guys is a whole other episode because we're really, really going to get into that for sure. Just mm -hmm. the experience on the plantations um, and just the, the conditions that they had to deal with, you know? Um, so, you know, just before we wrap up here, uh, we kind of want to mention um, a few other things about some boats uh, because, you know, this is the boat episode or the Jahaji episode. And so Jahaj is a boat. Uh, Jahajis are... Shipmate. The, the, yeah, like the folks on the boat. And then Jahajibais are like the shipmates. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And and that, you know, Jahaji means, like we said, a person on the boat. And then Bais is brother. And so that kind of directly yeah. uh, translates to like, you know, my brother on the boat, right? Or like my like comrade on the boat, right? So Jahajibais. I'm saying that now. Yeah, <laughs> Jahajibais. Yeah. yeah, that's why I said earlier, we found our Jahajibais today, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, is it just... Even when I, when we go out with the crew on yeah. our boat, well, not our boat, Chris's boat. Chris's boat. <laughs> Chris's house. Fuck, man. Yeah. 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 You can just That's call it that, right? Yeah. I should really embrace that more. Yeah. We're gonna. More we're, we're learning. Than I do. We're learning to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the LB. That's what I'm gonna say. That's what LB, I'm gonna call LB. it. E L B E. The L B. Um. Is the boat that brought the first batch of South Indians to Fiji in 1903. So this this was also a vessel that was especially fitted to carry human cargo over long distances. And this is a boat that's you know significant to us specifically because it came from South India, right? Madras, uh, Tamil Nadu, right? Like the places that. People that look exactly like us are from, yeah. right? Like the dark skin, that dark chocolate melanin. That's where mm -hmm. we're from. And so, you know, that's really significant to us, 1903. And so it makes sense to us that, you know, the the first generation of Girmitias in our family are our parents, grandparents, our great grandparents were Girmitias, right? And so like the math really adds up. We're still trying to figure out which boats they were on and when they got to Fiji and we're doing the work to figure that out. But it was really cool to learn that it was in 1903 that the South Indians first came because that's us. Mm -hmm. The last ship was the SS Sultej in 1916 because uh, that was when indentureship was over essentially. So they, you know, they 
finished their contract and were done in 1920. Um, and in total, 60,953 people left India. 60,553 people made it. So again, with paying respect to the births and deaths along the way, it's really hard to have a perfect number for the amount of people who died, the amount of people who were born. Um, but those are all things that we kind of need to account for. So, um, you know, the number, when we talk about this, we talk about, you know, 60,500 people essentially are the people who yeah. left India and went to Fiji. And that's only to Fiji because if you're going to count Mauritius, Saint Caribbean, Lucia, British Guyana, yeah. like Trinidad, Tobago, everywhere. It's like hundreds of thousands, y'all. Yeah. So, yeah. so it wasn't just, it wasn't just us. You know, we have so many connections with, you know, the rest of our Girmitia, um descendants from all over the world, right? So it, it's not just an us thing, which is something that we also really want to highlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, guys. So we really hope you learned something today. Yeah, hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, and all of our fun tangents. Yeah. I like. I liked those. Those were pretty enjoyable, I yeah. think. <laughs> we hope we've been informative enough as well. Like We yeah. hope we're like giving you enough information and the correct... Well, we know we're giving you the correct information, man. We, we know what we're we, talking we, about. We know, but as always, as you always say, you know, if there's anything that we said incorrectly, yeah. you know, just fucking tell us. Just call yeah. us out. Like, it's cool. Like... I've corrected myself like three times in this fucking episode, guys. Like I have no fucking ego. I'm good. You know, it's all good. We're just here to like, like help, like educate and, you know, help you guys learn while we're learning. We're learning in real time too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. And it's a really fun experience as well. Yeah. Digging into who we are, where we came from. Right. And all the stuff that makes us special and like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So no wonder, like some of these things that, you know, we discover about our ancestors and our people and where they came from. It's just like a no brainer why we like them now. Like, of course I like, like, I know this is fucked up. I don't like being in the water. Scares the shit out of me. (laughs) Me too. Right. And me and my therapist have been going over this. We're working on this now. And there's a name for what I have. And I actually forgot what it is. You have the same thing too. So dad has that too. Do yeah, you know yeah. That? It, there's a name for it, and it, yeah, yeah. Mom said that like dad like caused a scene. Yeah, in yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever because he wouldn't get on a boat. Yeah, but I talked to my therapist did. about that too. But like, yeah, he, no, dad there's fucking a, hates the water. Yeah, man. no, there's a there's a thing, and once we've worked it out, I will let you know yeah. about it. But uh, there's a thing. But I mean, it's a no wonder that I like. I mean, sure, I live in Vancouver. Whatever, you either bike or you skate or you snowboard or you sail or you you have your pick around here right or whatever the fuck you want to do right but it's no wonder that i like being on the water on the boat exploring the seafaring adventure kind of like it's a no no brainer like if like you know when we do this kind of work and we see where we came from and shit like that it's just like man like our ancestors had that sense of adventure to like get on like to take the risk yeah to take the risk to get on the boat to go somewhere where they never been You know, of course they were lied to a little bit, but I mean, they had a dream, right? And so like, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, it's like, damn, of course you like that. And of course you like the more adventure side of things because your ancestors were adventurers, er, adventurers, in my opinion, and explorers. And even our parents yeah. fucking made a huge risk too. Yeah, that's Like, you know, like I was, I was thinking about insane. that too. Like when we were preparing for this episode, we're talking about how these people took a risk and then... 
some years later, our parents took a risk. Yeah. Right. So of course, of course we have that natural. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that one day there will be a Fijian colony on fucking planet Mars. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be us. We're going to be the first ones to jump on. Or it could be like Warhammer and there'll be an entire planet full of, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever. Uh, anyways, (laughs) but you know, it's just like the dots are being connected, you know, and I'm starting to like, be like, man, maybe some of these things are just in my blood. Yes. You know? Yeah. And like before it was like, like, you know, you hear white people say it all the time. Like my dad was this and my great grandpa, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's in my blood and like, it just, like, I never really like had that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. Like, I don't really know what's in my blood. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. Like working I guess like I I don't I don't really know and then as you know the more we dig into this the more I start doing the self-reflection it's just like damn okay yeah I see myself in them a little bit yeah right and it's that's really that's really cool I love hearing that that's really fucking awesome having that connection you're like making this connection with your ancestors right right which to us is extremely important because of the history involved Okay, guys, we are No Ties 1879. Please go follow us on Instagram at No Ties 1879 Podcast. I will also just say we on the TikTok now, y'all. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're on TikTok. Go fucking follow us. I'm not going to lie. I'm doing some pretty cool shit on there right now. So go check it out. Yeah. Um, again, it's just No Ties 1879 Podcast. We're available on all the platforms, guys. So if you connected with our words today, please share this episode with your friends who are learning and growing with you. That is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, We Everywhere. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts too. Rate us. Five stars. And review us with your words. With the best words. With the best words, yeah. 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 If you don't have anything nice to say, just... Yeah, and if you don't, if you can't find the best words, allegedly in an interview, Donald Trump says he has the best words, so you could ask him for the. I have the best words. (laughs) I have all the best words. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can maybe ask him for some of his words. (laughs) I don't know. Ask him for some of his words. Hey, I told you to go like that. (laughs) Fucking idiot! Can't believe that shit's. Fucking idiot. Dude, oh my God. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Please feel free to reach out to us via Instagram DM or not you, Donald Trump. Please don't no, talk man. to us. But everyone else, <laughs> please feel free to reach out via Instagram DM or tap that contact to email us questions, feedback, episode suggestions, praise, yeah. <laughs> etc. Anything you want. We want to hear from you. We love it. We love it when people reach out, connect. You know, I'll also just say real quick that, you know, the feedback that we got from this past week's episode, your story has Mm -hmm. been fucking insane. Like, oh my God. It's only been a few days. And it's, it's (laughs) kind of blown up guys. Like not trying to flex, but like major flex. Like, yeah, we're doing some pretty big things and we appreciate everyone's support, like continued support. It's really, really incredible. It feels really, really incredible. Um, we just, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to be here and do this. Um, it's just an incredible feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So we're Audi. We will talk to y'all later. Have a good one, guys. And remember, look after each other, please. Bula. Later. <laughs> <laughs>